You're listening to the Direction for Life podcast. We pray this episode blesses you. We'd love to connect with you. Visit us at rdci.info or on Facebook at Right Direction Church International. Also, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at the RDCI. We hope you enjoy this broadcast. Let's go to Galatians, the fifth chapter. Galatians 5. I know y'all stood a whole lot longer than you usually stand, so I'm going to let y'all sit down. I said, what's going on? How long is this worship going to be? And how long are they going to pray? And then, yeah, go. this is vintage right direction. Galatians 5th chapter, starting in verse 1. And it reads, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. And be not entangled again. Look at somebody and say, don't go back. Don't go back to that. Be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Stand in the liberty of the freedom where Christ made you free. And don't be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. 1 Timothy 6 and verse 12. Also, it says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Whereunto thou art also called and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. The will of God, y'all, you need to understand, is settled in heaven. The will of God, there's no struggle about the will of God in heaven. Um, Psalm 119 in verse 89 says, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. What God says, what he wants, his standards are settled established, never to be revoked, can't be debated, can't be undone in heaven. Yet the will of God is not automatic. The will of God must be fought for here on earth. It's established in heaven, but you will have to fight to have the will of God done in your life here on earth. And so when I was thinking about this whole concept about fighting, I happened to come across, I stumbled across this, this thing uh, on, uh, on Twitter. I saw a, a headline come up. But I saw it because uh, Tyler Perry has reached out to her and said, whatever you need, I got you. <laughs> Sometimes the devil don't know who you're messing with. They, they didn't start a GoFundMe. Everybody want to help mother out. And y'all, y'all need to put your hand in her direction and say, Lord, give me her skin. You wish you looked that good in 93. I don't mean some of y'all wish we looked that good now, Jesus. Stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free. Be not entangled with the yoke of bondage. Fight the good fight of faith and lay hold of eternal life. So sometimes, y'all, you got to fight for what's yours. That's my subject for this Independence Weekend. You have to fight for what's yours. The will of God is not automatic. Now, now, we know that as Christians, from the time we receive Jesus Christ, we have eternal life, right? 
John 3.15 says, Whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. Whoever believes in him shall have eternal life. If you're a believer, you have eternal life. Uh, Romans 6.23 tells us that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So eternal life is a gift. We see that. It comes through us believing. It comes with Jesus. You get eternal life. And yet, one of the scriptures that I read as our foundational scripture from 1 Timothy 6 and 12 says, fight the good fight of faith and lay hold of eternal life. So even though it's a gift, even though it comes with faith, you still got to fight for it. Now, I wish that wasn't the case, but it is what it is. You're going to have to fight to have eternal life. And eternal life in this context, it does not mean the same as we think of everlasting life, life that never ends. Eternal life means the God kind of life. The life of nothing missing, nothing broken, nothing lacking. The kind of life that represents heaven on earth. That kind of life. The, 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 the kind of life that the will of God of what is in heaven and not in heaven is in your life or not in your life representing a reflection of God's will for your life as established by what's going on in heaven. And so you have to understand that there are spiritual, there's a spiritual reality, but it's also a natural reality. So we have to take the spiritual reality and make that change our natural reality. We have to trust in the spiritual realities until it is manifested in our natural life. Hebrews 11 and 3 says, by faith we understand. Everybody say, by faith we understand. Some things you got to stop trying to understand with your natural mind. Stop, stop trying to go to school and understand it. Okay? You know, some, some, you know I was talking to, I was talking to a, 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 a fellow bishop in the Lord's Church who recently went to seminary and and he was talking to me now about, now he understands because they talk about, about, you know, that you don't want to call God he because, you know, God is genderless and, uh, and that's offensive to women and the LGBTQ plus. Uh, so we can't say Father God anymore. Uh, I saw, I, I wish I, 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 I thought about showing this, then I said I won't even want to give it that much play. But I saw uh, 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 like a, a female, um, some kind of minister lead, leading the people into a confession saying Mother God who had, um, who, who uh, anyway, basically switching stuff to, to show like same-sex God and same-sex marriage and, and all this kind of stuff. And uh, to me, it's crazy to go to school to find out what not to believe. I mean, if I go to school, he's going to help me, not, not take away what I, what I already had. And so uh, he, 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 was, he, was, he was explaining to me, well, you know, God is, God is you know, uh, we can't really say he's a father. But you need to understand, uh, it, it is true that God is not flesh and blood like us. So when God, in order for God to make man in his image, he had to have characteristics of male and characteristics of female. Because we both came out of God. The same God who says I'm your father also refers to himself as the many-breasted one. Okay? I'll quote it all the time. Jesus says when he tells, looks over Jerusalem, he said, how often would I have taken you like a mother 
hen does her chicks from a comforting, as a mother, mother would comfort a child. So, so that, those things don't create mysteries, but you have to understand that there's heavenly reality, spiritual reality, and there's natural reality, but we have to believe God until what's in heaven shows up in our lives. One of the promises that God gave his people in Exodus, he said, if you obey and serve me, I'll make your days like heaven on earth. Glory to God. So we have to appropriate and bring the past spiritual reality into natural possession. In other words, you have to fight just like that 93-year-old woman down in Hilton Head. So I'm going to fight for what's mine. She said they offered her money and she said, I ain't selling it. This has been in my family since the Civil War. We holding on to it. Now, now the other one, the, the, if, if you go look at it, the, the, there's another press conference with, with Bakari and it got all, all these folks, folks around it. I, I think they say something like she got 40 grandchildren, uh, 50, uh, uh, 50 great-grandchildren, and something like 10 great-great-grandchildren. Okay. And so, and so she said, she said, I want this for my children and my children's children. See, sometimes you got to have a vision that goes beyond you. If, if it's just about you, you might give up too quick. But this is bigger than you. <laughs> this is about your family. This is about seed. This is about well, not just what the devil is trying to take from you. He, what he wants to take also from your seed and from your family. You have to fight for what's yours. Second Peter 1, 3 and 4. It reminds us that his divine power, God's divine power, has given us, has given, already given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. How does it come? Through the knowledge of him. I'm not going to know what God has for me until I get to know him better. He's given me all, all things according to his divine power that pertain to life and godliness to my natural life and my spiritual life through the knowledge of him who has called us by glory and virtue by which have been given to us exceeding great and precious promises. Now he says he's given it to us. Then he starts talking about promises. He's given us exceeding great and precious promises that through these, through these what? Through these exceeding great and precious promises, we might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that's in the world through lust. Let me break this down. He said God has given these things to us and then given us promises that we can have it. You can't have it if you don't know the promise. That's why there's so many people who still fight, every, who, 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 who y'all start putting creases in your seat when, when, when I say it's the will of God for you to be rich. Because your, your poverty mindset can't grab that. Because people have taught you for so long that something's wrong with money. Ain't nothing wrong with money. It's wrong with people, what pe people do wrong stuff with money. Money is neutral. I can build a church or I can buy weed. Right in this section. Okay? Money, is, money didn't do it. It's the choices that you make with money. Money is neutral. Money is not good and money is not bad. It's what you do with it. But you got to get your mind renewed. But just the same thing applies to healing. There's some people say, well, you know, y'all ever hear people say, well, we all got to die with something. I'm sure there's nobody in this church connected to me or sat under my teacher or preacher for any time who if the doctors come and say to you, well, you got stage four cancer, and I'll give you 60 days that you would look, look at them and say, well, we all got to die with something. 
No, not in this church. You know, the devil is a liar. I'm going, I shall live and not die. Oh, I'm, I'm going to church. I'm calling up the prayer line. I'm going to be on the prayer line before I start. You ain't going to be jumping on 615. Reason why I know because we end with like 230, something like that. We start with like 130. Y'all, y'all be coming on eventually. But, but if, if you heard that, you're going to fight. You want to say, no, I'm not just going to accept that. Jesus, he was wounded for my transgression, bruised for my iniquity, the chest tightened my peace upon him, and with his stripes I am healed. I, I receive, you will start confessing and believing God for your healing because you know that it's a promise. So it's through the promises that we become partakers of what heaven has for us. It's by believing in the promises. Now I've got to fight for what was promised me. Jesus told us to pray, thy will be done in earth, even as it's in heaven. Heaven is established, but you will have to pray and to appropriate it here on your life on earth. He also tells us in Matthew 16, whatever we bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth is loose in heaven. But it translates it that said, whatever we bind on earth has to be what's bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth is what's already loosed in heaven. So when we bind and we loose, we are just declaring God's promises be fulfilled in my life despite these natural circumstances. So I bind sickness, I lose heaven's healing. I bind poverty, I lose heaven's prosperity. Come on, I bind confusion, I lose heaven's peace on my life. Are you following me? You appropriate it in your life. Now, we often have to be reminded that as we celebrate as a country, the uh, the Declaration of Independence, which is what July 4th is about. Even though it was originally uh, written and, and accepted on January 2nd, on, on rather July 2nd, 1776, it was ratified on July 4th, 1776. But it's important to note that the Declaration of Independence was not the date that the colonized states of America became independent of, British, of the British Empire. Let me say it again. July 4th, 1776 is not the date that the colonized states of America became independent of British, of the British Empire, British rule and British tyranny. It was the day that the colonized states declared their independence. Get him catch that. It's not the date that it happened, it's the date they declared it. And from the perspective of the British Empire, that direct declaration of independence was actually a declaration of war. You call it independence, we call it war. Because we ain't letting you go that easy. After the declaration, they had to fight for what they declared. You confess I'm healed, you have to fight for your healing. You confess I'm rich, you have to fight for, for, for your prosperity. You confess my needs are met, I'm out of debt, I got plenty more to put in store, the devil gonna fight you tooth and nail to take it back. But you still declare it anyway. Martin Luther King Jr. wrote in his 1963 letter from Birmingham jail, he wrote, and I quote, freedom is never given voluntarily by the oppressor. It must be demanded by the oppressed. You must demand it, for it will not be given freely. Hmm. So you got to demand it. Even after you declare it, you got to demand it. So it's one thing to declare it, it's another thing to be willing to fight for what you have declared. Now a lot, can I tell you, sometimes the declaring part is the easy part. 
It's the fighting for what you declare. Where the rubber meets the road. Because the devil says, take it back. Take it back. Take it back. You say I'm healed. The devil says, take it back. Take it. You, you say I'm out of debt. Take it back. No, no, no. Uh, all, all my children are going to serve God. Take it back. Take it back. And he will try everything in the natural to get you to take back what you declared. Joshua, the first chapter, verse 3 through 7, God tells Joshua, even as I think referred to it earlier in the service, every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, I've given you. So God's declaring that every place that the sole of your foot have tread upon, I've given you. As I said to Moses, from the wilderness of Lebanon unto the great river, the river Euphrates, the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun, it's going to be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. Can I tell y'all, that's one of the theme scriptures of my life. I hope it will become yours too. Can you say this with me? There shall not any man be able to stand before me all the days of my life. As God was with Moses, he's going to be with me. Can I tell you, that, that scripture is enough right there to, to fight every battle you got. That scripture is enough right there to make every devil leave you alone. There's never going to be anybody going to be able to stop me. Again, can I tell you, seriously, y'all, when I, 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 was, I was having my phone up and I was looking at something, and then the, the, news, the news popped up, see, Supreme Court decision, overturning the framework's action. It brought tears to my eyes. It literally brought tears to my eyes. It brought tears to my eyes because I know everybody don't know this scripture. You're not catching this. There's some people, if, 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 if the doors aren't open through legislation, they feel they'll never get in. They feel they're going to continue to be oppressed and discriminated against. But no man going to be able to stand before me all the days of my life. Come on now. I mean, whether, whether that's about race, whether that's about, about your gender as a female, well, you know, they, they, they're always trying to keep good women there. Listen, and, and you know, the interesting thing, y'all, well, I don't, don't want to get caught up in that. Let me keep on moving here because I'll, I'll, before I get caught up in that. But you have to know that God is for you. Come on, somebody say, God is for me. So he tells him, uh, as I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. I'm not going to fail you. I'm not going to forsake you. So be strong and of good courage, for unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear to their fathers to give them. He said, but I'm telling you again, you have to be strong and you're going to have to be very courageous that you obey to do according to all the law, which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Don't turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. The reason why God told him he's going to have to be strong and be courageous because he's going to have to fight. But he's God giving him the outcome of the fight before he ever has to fight. <laughs> he establishes the ending at the beginning. He said, now go ahead and fight, because no man's going to be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I would, Go ahead and fight. You're going to get all the land. You're going to divide it among the people. Go ahead and fight, because I've already given it to you, but you have to fight to make what I've declared over your life a reality in your life. Are y'all with me here? So throughout the scripture, there's this pattern of declaring and then fighting for what's been declared. Numbers 13. When the, when the spies came back from spying out the land, when Moses sent the spies there while on his administration, 
Numbers 13, verse 30, Joshua, who ends up being the succeeding leader, and Caleb, the only ones who still believed God and trusted that they could have had it 40 years before. But Numbers 13 and 30 says, and Caleb, the, the people, they were talking about, yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's a good land, and this is the fruit, but it's, man, there's some big jokers up in there. Man, it's a, I mean, they're going to have us for lunch. I mean, yeah, I mean, the reason why the food's so big, because they're so big, you know? And, and, and I don't know, I don't see how we could, you know, we, we're small people and, you know, we're just coming out of slavery. We don't know anything about fighting. They start making all excuses, Numbers 13 to 30, and Caleb stilled the people. Shut up! Stilled the people before Moses. Said, let's go up at once. Sometimes, stop overthinking. <laughs> let's go up at once. Stop trying to figure this out in the natural. Let's go up at once. Stop trying to get yourself together first. Let's do it. Let's go up in one. Stop trying to get all your natural preparation in place. You'll never be able to prepare for the life God has for you. It's going to take faith. Let's go up once and possess it. For we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, we be not able to go up against the people for they're stronger than us. And now... Forty years later, we pick up in Joshua, the 14th chapter, verse 9, Caleb held on to his confession. Not only did Caleb hold on to his confession, he was willing to fight then. Look at your neighbor and say, don't lose your fight. Boy, that's a message right there. That's a message. Don't lose your fight. Because sometimes you can have your fight when you're younger and get older and say, that's all right. Nah, I'm too old. I'm, nah. I don't even want it no more. I don't, I don't have to have no house. You know, um, and we, we can't relate to it as much down south here because most of us really endeavor down south to be homeowners. But up north is not the same. Okay, People will rent their whole lives. They have family members. They've never known anybody to own the house. And they will boast about how great the apartment is. Okay? And, and, and continue to throw money away. And never start building wealth because the way to start building wealth in America is through home or land ownership. You understand me? So that's, that's, where, that's where it starts. Um, but I've heard people say, I don't want no house. And the reason why they say they don't want that because they don't want the maintenance that goes with the house. They don't want mowing the lawn that goes with the house. They don't want to have to fix stuff when something going with the house. You, you can see some people got a house and they, it looked like they didn't want the house. Because there's work with the promises. I said there's work with the promises. So here Caleb says, Joshua 14, verse 9 through 12, this is 40 years later. I'm reading the New King James Version. Moses, he said, Moses swore on that day 40 years ago, saying, Surely the land where your foot is trodden is going to be your inheritance for you and your children forever, because you have wholly or completely followed the Lord my God. Now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive for these 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses. I had a prophetic word, and I believed God's promise. It was 45 years ago, but I realized that the promises of God don't have an expiration date. It only expires if you stop believing. Let me say that again. The promises of God don't have an expiration date. It only expires if you stop believing. 
And so he says, the Lord has kept me alive and I'm here. He says, uh, he's, he kept me alive for 45 years ever since the Lord gave that word through Moses. He said, now here I am, 85 years old. And I'm as strong today as the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, I can just spit him. Come on, what you got? Just as my strength was then, so my strength is now for war to go out and to come in. He said, and when I go fight, I ain't going to die. I'm coming back. <laughs> to go out and to come in. Now, therefore, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. For you heard in that day how the Anakin was there and the cities were great and fortified. And it may be that the Lord will be with me and I'm going to drive them out as the Lord said. Caleb said, I'm still willing to fight for what God promised me. And, and God understands your weariness. That's why he encourages us. He said, don't be weary in well-doing. For you shall reap and faint not. That's why he gives us scripture. Those who wait on the Lord shall what? Renew their strength. He knows that sometimes our strength gets weak. You can still mount up. You can still uh, run and walk and not faint. You can still run and not be weary. But you're going to have to keep believing God and not give up on the promises. And don't lose your fight. Look at your neighbor again and say, don't lose your fight. So there was confession. And then Caleb said, I'm willing to fight for what I've, what I've confessed. Gideon. Gideon. Judges the sixth chapter. Verse 12. The angel of the Lord comes to Gideon. And Gideon is hiding. He's hiding from the oppressors. He has a little bit of food. And he's trying to keep that because the oppressors were taking everything that they grew. Taking all their harvest. And he's hiding as he's, as he's threshing wheat. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said unto him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. He's hiding from the oppressors. Trying to keep his little bit of wheat. From the enemy getting it. And God says, the Lord is with you, you mighty man. Now, now, come on. God calls him a mighty man, but he looked like mighty mouse. You got to see yourself through what God says about you and not how you feel about yourself. You got to bring your life up to the level of what God said about you. And not what your society said about you. Not what your race says about you. Not what, your, not, not what the economy says about you. Not what statistics say about you. I am, say with me, I am who God says I am. I can do what God said I can do. I can have everything God said I can have. The Lord is with you. You mighty man of valor. But watch it. And the reason why the Lord told him he's a mighty man of valor because he was going to have to go and be valiant with that valor. He says, he dropped down to verse 14. The Lord looked and said, go in this thy might. You, you, you got what you need. Under all that fear, there's courage. Under all that doubt, there's faith. Come on now. Dust. Get rid of the doubt. Get rid of the, the, the unbelief. Get rid of the circumstances. Get rid of the history. Get rid of circumstances. I've given you the spirit of faith. My God. 
Look, somebody say, it's in me, it's in me, it's in me, it's in me. See, sometimes, sometimes you just need a little more squeezing on you. Because when, when, some, when, when you squeeze hard enough, what's in you going to come out. Come on, if you got cussing in you, let somebody step on your toe, even though you ain't cussing a long time, up! Some more cussing will come out. The test, many times, will show what's really in us. He says, go in this year, might. You're going to save Israel from the hand of midnight. Have not I sent you? In other words, God already been talking to him. In other words, y'all, after you confess it, you got to go possess it. After you confess, you got to go possess it. Possessing often requires a fight. If you love our podcast and the impartation you gain from it, we encourage you to become an iChurch member. As an iChurch member, you'll get access to exclusive digital content, as well as an online community and various small group sessions. To find out more, visit rdci.info forward slash iChurch. Connect with us for digital impartation weekly. Join Bishop Herbert and Dr. Marsha Bailey on Clubhouse for marriage, faith, and family inside Kingdom Business Network on Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash rdcitv. We stream live services on Sundays at 7.30 a.m. and 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, as well as Wednesday at 12 noon and 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Ladies, join us for Manifest on Fridays at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time.